WWPC Smash, where wrestling and pop culture smash together. We are your hosts. I am Mike Moran. And I am Ian Wilson. We love wrestling. And you love wrestling. So let's smash the start button on today's podcast. All right, all right. Welcome to WPC Smash. What up, Mike Moran? What's up? Dude, we got a loaded podcast. Let's jump right into it, brother. What's going down on your side of town? Can you dig it, dig it, sucker, sucker? All right, man. Like you said, it is a loaded episode, so I'm going to jump right off the bat. On my side of town, what I want to talk about is the New York Toy Fair. Now, we know the New York Toy Fair was about a week ago, and there was a lot of heavy hitters coming to town to the New York Big Apple and we got a lot to cover. So I'm pretty much going to bullet point a lot of stuff that I want to talk about. Uh, feel free to jump in if you want. But uh, I advise you smashers, if you want more in-depth, just uh, Google it or I'll place some links online. I've, I've, if you follow, you know I was retweeting the hell out of last weekend anyway. So let's get right into it. I want to talk WWE first off. So Mattel, they obviously had their booth set up. And they just talk about their their lineups that are coming out. Um, one of my favorites, it's a GameStop exclusive. It's called Retro Fest. Um, I got the Shawn Michaels and the Macho Man. Now, what those are, what's cool about those is the packaging they come in looks like a retro arcade machine. I think it's a super cool line, dude. Uh, Macho Man, HBK, perfect way to start off the line. And yep. making it exclusive makes it feel a little more rare. You yeah, know? So sure. I like that. And the third on the first series was uh, Honky Tonk Man, who's our main event this week. Uh, but they released at New York Toy Fair, which is a kind of a strange person to be in this retro line. But hey, the Iron Sheiky baby. He's going to be the next one in the retro line. Which I is- humble you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know it, Jabroni. All right. Then they announced the Ultimate Edition. Now, Ultimate Edition, they are there's only going to be two per series, and these are super-duper super articulated. Think of like a NECA toy for, for the WWE series. So the first Ultimate Edition, obviously, Ultimate Warrior. It's uh, the Halloween Havoc 1998 attire, but what's cool about this is you don't not only get his entrance gear, you get like three different headsets, three different hands, and what's one of the cool headsets um, for him is his post-match, like the makeup is running off his face, Ultimate Warrior, oh, which is cool. pretty cool. So like if you're legit playing with the figs or doing figure photography, which is kind of been going down lately figure photography is hot right now so like say you're doing your match he comes down the ring in his entrance attire but then after you know the match is going on boom swap the heads his his paints running i don't think that's ever been done before and then ronda rousey and i'm not gonna lie when i saw one of the ronda rousey figure pictures i legit thought it was just a picture of ronda rousey like it looks that good yeah um that's awesome man because if you you know watch wrestling week to week you got to understand that right now, the hottest people in wrestling right now are Charlotte, Ronda, and Becky. Oh, yeah. By a lot. You mm-hmm. know, maybe Kofi Kingston today yeah. you know, would be up in that group. But, like, straight up, Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, that's hot right now. Main For event sure. style. For sure. 
Now, Ringside Collectibles exclusive. This one's going to be a hot seller. I'm telling you. It's the Hardy Boys, the Brood-style Hardy Boys with the classic tag team titles. Oh, dude. I've been kind of fantasizing about these figures for a long time and the fact that they're finally here yeah dude it's super exciting they look so anybody who likes figures if you like action figures and you're a fan of wwe you've been wanting the brood for a long time and i'm telling you matt and jeff look great for sure now retro series retro series nine so currently in the stores i think we only got retro series seven um, Retro Series 8 is soon to hit the stores, but Retro Series 9. Now, these Retro Series are a take on the old Hasbros, which are pretty pretty darn cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> Retro Series 9, we got Macho Man, but not the madness Macho Man. We got, like, Macho, Macho, 1987 Macho. The Macho Man you think of when I say the word Macho Man. Mm-hmm. Samoa Joe, Goldust, and Randy Orton. So, that's the Retro Series 9, and then we'll get into some Elites. Elites, to me, are where it's at. They're not as cool as the Ultimates as far as articulation, but Elites are pretty dang close where you're going to get. Elites are super legit, but to jump back real quick to the retros, I got to tell you, for me, as a huge wrestling fan and a figure collector in general, you know, I collect a lot of different type of figures. My Hasbros are near and dear to my heart. You and I have, you know had many of Hasbro figures in our younger days and the fact that these retros are coming out and that they're super hot and super popular and super hard to get frankly yeah, you see them you get them that's yeah i mean yeah. i'm really regretting those times i saw roman reigns in in the store oh, because those are going for over 100 bucks so on true. ebay right now so and true. i saw him many a times yeah. and i'm like man at that time you know i was like i don't like roman reigns i'm not a roman reigns fan the the machine shoving Roman Reigns yeah. down my throat. I'm not buying a retro figure. There it Roman is, another Reigns. Roman figure. Sure, yeah. right? <laughs> Absolutely. I hear dude. what you're saying. So I think those are super cool, dude. And in my opinion, those are the hottest wrestling figures out right now, articulation or not. Okay, the, yeah. Because the key word is not. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no articulation. But they're exactly what what they say, and they're retro. And I think they're cool too. I scoop the ones up that I want, but. I got to tell you, as you know, I've told you already, like, elites have got me. And I've got quite a few right now. They Uh, should get you because (laughs) as far as wrestling figures go, elites are top of the line right now. You know, you're going to get your your, um, ultimates and stuff like that. But as far as in general, collecting new guys all the time. Yeah. Elites are where it's at. For sure. And so we're on elite. 68. So we got Brie Bella, Braun Strowman, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns with the Universal Championship, American Badass Undertaker, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. Pat Patterson with the SWAT helmet and the t-shirt that says first ever IC champ from like the Attitude Era. Yep. Which is Pat Patterson's first and only action figure. Really? Considering he's the first Intercontinental Champion. He's been, you know, a wrestler since the 70s. First ever wrestling figure for Pat Patterson. That's going to be a Walmart exclusive. And then uh, King Mabel, which a lot of people have been asking for. King Mabel with the right build. Because some of the older King Mabels just didn't look right. Like It, it looked like um, the, the Marvel figure, the Blob. Sure. Like, like I know Mabel was a bigger cat, but he, didn't, he wasn't shaped like the Blob. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. So this is a more... more 
accurate depiction of King Mabel. And King Mabel's also the chase, so you're going to get varying colors and stuff like that. Yeah, and they're, but they're very, very, very slight. Yep. So you might not even know you're looking at the chase because, like, it's like one or two things on... It's not like, boom, here's a purple jumpsuit, and boom, here's a black jumpsuit. It's yep. like... Oh, this one has a little bit of gold and M in a certain spot for Mabel. Hey, man, WPZ Smashers, if you're in the know, you're in the know. You, you know, we'll teach you how to shoot the chase, uh, you know, chase the chase at this point. And, uh, and if we see them, we'll let you know. We'll let you know where we're finding them because if we see them, I'm scooping one up for myself. Absolutely. You, man, I'll get you one too if this too, brother. A chase but, is a chase, brother. We're but, looking for those. But, you know, check out, you know, WPC Smash and we'll let you know. Uh, I also want to get into just some quick Marvel. There was obviously a lot of Marvel. A ton of Marvel. Going on. But uh, Marvel's uh, celebrating its 80th year. So with that, they're banging out some bitching figures. Um, Some of the ones I do want to talk about, which was brought to my attention from Eric, is these Marvel... um, The the Legends. Yeah, the, the Select Legend series. Yep. But this time... They're doing them in the old school packaging. Just like, so if I just turn my head over here. Yeah. I already pointed them out. That Cyclops right there. Yep. You're going to get that Cyclops. But as a Marvel larger, Legend. As a Marvel Legend. Yep. And, and they look dope. And we got what? Uh, Silver Fre- Samurai. <laughs> Super, take a drink. Take, take a sip. Yeah. Silver Samurai. Uh, but that Cyclops is the one that really... Uh, branched out to me and then they're also going to do an x-force and for me i got my eye on that mr sinister yeah i just think he, retro he's is a badass in, cat retro dude. is in and everybody's jumping on the train of oh, for show for retro show. figures retro packaging retro styles yep anything you know when you're in that 25 to 35 ish range and you really have some of that expendable income they're jumping on us right now. Uh, it's Marvel working. wants us to buy their toys. Funko wants us to buy their toys. They're putting out stuff that appeals to us, the smashers of the world. And, man, I got to tell you, they have no problem sucking <laughs> me in every oh, the, moment of every day. They're making it easy for me to open that PayPal, let me tell you. <laughs> so they also got a lot of two-packs coming out. But the one two-pack that really caught my eye was Juggernaut and Colossus. Because yeah. as everyone knows, Juggernaut is my favorite uh, X-Men character between Juggernaut and Cable. Yeah. So to see him coming out, it's just always cool to see the ones you like on them store shelves. Uh, the two-packs there, um, I'm going to be having my eye out for those. And other than that, I know we're going to get into some Ninja Turtles a little bit later. So I'll save that. Uh for when we're talking about it together, if you will. Sure. So I just want to bring up Funko just a little bit. Uh, they busted out a whole whole lot of Funkos, and I can just kind of whip through a little bit. I'll just say I only pre-ordered two myself because, you know, the elites are kind of taking over in my household for WWE right now. Funko's still cool to me, so I'm getting what I can or what I want. Um, let's just say they, they finally are releasing some Simpsons ones. But the lineup, I was like hoping for a Homer. I mean, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Homer's Homer's the man. But so I went with Bartman. You know, they got Radioactive Man. I believe there's a Mo, a Mr. Burns, a Lisa, and a Maggie. I scooped up Bartman because do the Bartman, bro. Um, and and then they released 
an MLB mascot line. So if you're MLB fan and your MLB team has a recognizable mascot, they probably get a Funko Pop. So I got my hands on a Wally the Green Monster, and truth be told, it's going to go on the mantle with my mom's stuff because I know she would totally dig that Wally the Green Monster. Awesome. So I scooped that one up. But uh, other than that, tons of music ones came out. Uh, I was excited to see Kiss. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder if those ones are just going to be oversaturated everywhere. Like, oh, there's just another Kiss. But, you know, that's cool to see. Um, there was a Post Malone. Uh, I guess he's cool, you know. Uh, <laughs> Caddyshack. It was cool yeah. to see some Caddyshack ones out there. Forrest Gump. Uh, there's going to be, and I'm kind of mixing it up here. Uh, this one is not. From New York Toy Fair, but because Emerald City Comic Con is right around the corner and they're already announcing stuff. But one that caught my eye was Office Space. Yeah. Michael Bolton and uh, Jay Nahinanajan when they're beating up the fax machine. It's a movie moment, two pack. Oh, like, that one tight. looks pretty cool. Um, Steve Zissou. I love that movie. Uh, the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, a Bill Murray movie. Um, so I'll, I'll be having my eye out for that one. Obviously, some more Ghostbusters ones, some more Batman ones. Anything, you know, uh, like I said, with music, there's NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. So like like you say, dude, everyone's eventually going to get a Funko Pop. Yeah. One day I'm going to have a Funko Pop, yeah. I think. Yeah. We're going to be like Mike Moran at WPC Smash. <laughs> for sure. You're like bro. punching away on the computer editing. Yeah, and there's Ian pointing and laughing at me. I told you, bro. No. So, yeah, tons of Funko stuff. But another Funko that caught my eye, a Funko skateboard for Big Lebowski. Like, I'm looking over my shoulder because I'm like, dude, someone watching me like, yeah, I like Funko. And I love the Big Lebowski. And I like skateboarding. So that's going to be an FYE exclusive. I'm going to have my eye out for that. When I find the official link for it, when it is actually for pre-order or for sale, I will tweet that link. Because right now I see people on eBay trying to pre-sell it for like 160 which, no. Yeah, for it's, it's not It's not going to be that much. No, no, no. So that's what I got, man, going down on my side. Of a lot of toy news, and I'm going to hit you with that hot tag, bro. All right, man. Well, I got to tell you, I got a lot of things going down on my side of town. And first thing that we got to talk about is our New England Patriots are the world champs. And I know it's been a little while since we've, uh, you know, put a podcast out. And in between that time, the yeah. Patriots won the Super Bowl. Six, baby. Yeah, man. Uh, Tom Brady, the GOAT, Julian Edelman, the MVP. Congratulations Ooh. to the Patriots. Happy to support them. You know, diehard Patriots yeah. fans in this house and on this podcast. All you haters out there can send your, uh, you know, <laughs> tweets my way. Uh, but other than that, you know, congratulations to the Patriots. Hard work pays off. Awesome period. defensive game, too. Like, that yep. that got under my skin. So many people, oh, the boring game. Like, nah, man. <laughs> if yeah. you know football, that was an awesome game. Holding yep. the best offense to three damn points in the Super Bowl, the most important game of the year. Like you said, dude, congratulations, Patriots. Great playing all year. You stuck with it through the ups and downs, and that's – that brings championships. I'm ready to go for next year, baby. Yep. Ready to go. Um, McFarlane Toys, like you said, uh, got the rights to DC. Yeah. And um, I thought that was pretty cool, man. Getting, uh, you know, McFarlane doing some Batman, doing some Joker, doing some Harley Quinn, Riddler, Penguin. I'm down to see all of that. McFarlane Toys, you know, 10 or 15 years ago were the hottest ticket thing, you know, yeah. coming into action figure world. Uh, McFarlane really got their start with Spawn. 
and stuff like that. Yeah, so man. I thought that was super cool. I have a McFarlane Spawn figure, you know, an original from way back in the day, and I really do enjoy it. I think NECA is the future and present of action figure collecting right now. But for McFarlane to jump in and get some DC action, yeah, I'm stoked because the figures got to be better than what we've been getting. Yeah. You know, so I'm yeah. super stoked about that. And jumping right into NECA toys, yeah. dude, NECA tore it up at the Toy Fair. You mentioned Ninja Turtles. We got, you know, before the Toy Fair even started, we got the GameStop exclusive Ninja Turtles. Yep. I jumped on those when I had the chance. They are the original 1990 Ninja Turtles movie replica action figures and dude do they look sweet the paint is awesome the articulation is great the accessories are great phenomenal figures yeah dude. truth be told these are very very extremely similar to san diego comic-con <laughs> exclusives from recent past. Suckers! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was pretty stoked to get them for, you know, the price that I did, considering, you know, what everybody had to pay back in the day of San Diego Comic-Con. But, man, the toys that NECA is putting out right now is the pinnacle of action figure collecting. Yep. Uh, they're putting out horror figures. Jason, Chucky, Freddy... And they're all phenomenal. Michael Every, Myers. Everything yeah, NECA touches right now is gold. And at the Toy Fair, we got the cartoon version of Ninja Turtles announced. Yeah. And, uh, all for, I mean, first off, we both watched Ninja Turtles cartoons as kids. And I'm yeah. sure most of our listeners out there did, too. Absolutely phenomenal TV show. I have every season on DVD <laughs> that I watch with my children now. Nice. Super good show. And we're going to get Nekator, you know, action figures of those, yeah, of those cartoons, dude. And yeah, like you said, they're going to be two packs. Yeah, and I hope you have your Target red card ready because they're Target exclusive. So keep your eye out. They there. are going to be legit. So, you know, if we get uh, any heads up on, you know, where where you can find them in the Massachusetts area, we will gladly pass those along. But like Mike said, get your red card ready because Target is going to put these things on sale and they're going to sell out just as fast as the movie figures did yeah, for dude. GameStop. Absolutely legit figures. NECA, keep killing it because I'll keep buying your stuff if they, if they keep looking as great as they do, man, straight up. For sure. And a little rundown of those figures, I believe. You got Bebop and Rocksteady, which I know I tweeted out a picture. I can obviously retweet or just hit us up on WPC Spat. Woo! WPC Smash. You know where we're at. Backtrack a little bit. Check out those retweets I hit. I'm telling you, those Bebop and Rocksteadies. I mean, finally, it's about time we get a two-package of them, but they straight up out yeah. of the park and then what you're going to get you're going to get a turtle with an enemy yep now in no particular order i'm sorry but so you know you're getting the four turtles but you're getting krang you're getting shredder and you're getting some foot clan members up in here yep and they look radical dude yeah man one turtle's going to come with krang one turtle's going to come with shredder and the other two turtles are going to come with foot soldiers yep so you're going to have a legit you know photo session for your figure you know your your ninja turtles figure fed yep. you're gonna be able to do your action figure photography and have all the legit characters from the you know from the tv series 
It's absolutely legit. Um, the Toy Fair straight up killed it this year. Yeah. I got I see myself after WrestleMania spending a <laughs> lot of money on action figures, and I'm sure all you Smashers do as well. Um, moving along, Call of Duty, Optic Gaming, one first week of CWL. Um, we've been getting a lot of Call of Duty lately. The the World League has started off. The cha- you know the champs. Of the last uh, big tournament in Las Vegas, Optic won the first week, and we got the second week moving along right now. Mm-hmm. I've been watching day to day. You can check it out on Twitch straight up if you're on Twitch. Type in CWL and the same on YouTube the next day, and you'll get to see all the games from the day before, already pre-recorded and set to YouTube. They have live co- podcasters, they call them, just yep. like watching, you know, football, basketball, baseball. It's they're going to explain dude. to you what's going on. And, man, I, they're really killing it with the competitive COD scene right now. So check out the CWL, whether it's on Twitch or on YouTube. And another thing that I noticed in the last, you know, week was the NBA jersey of the oh, future. Oh, yes. Dude, how many times have you smashers out there went and bought a jersey of your favorite team, whether it's, you know, a Patriot, a Celtic, or some other scrub team out there, you know, <laughs> and all of a sudden you're the, the player that you bought who was your favorite at that time gets traded, gets hurt and retires, whatever. Well, the NBA has finally announced the jersey of the future, and it has electronics built into it. So the video is really... You know, set really far back because it's kind of like a display and, you know, reporters are recording it from seats, basically. But from what you can see, it's a, a jersey and it's hanging inside a case and it has one number and one name on it. Yep. And the guy on stage says, oh, let me see if I can make a new jersey. Presses a button. Boom. The number changes on the jersey and so does the name. Dude, mind blown. I can't tell you how many jerseys I have in the jersey graveyard upstairs that are not allowed to be respectfully worn in public because either they don't play for the team anymore or they left in bad standing. I mean, straight up. Like, I'm not going to wear a Patriots player, you know, of a jersey that the dude bashed the Patriots on his way out or he wasn't a real Patriot. Now somebody like Vince Wilfork ends up in the Jersey graveyard for a year or two in Houston, but he is a legit Patriot in my opinion. And he comes back and totally redeems himself, my friend. Absolutely, <laughs> dude. He gets shifted to the other part of the closet right back into the wearable jerseys. But yep. how cool is it that you can Ugh. pay X amount of dollars? They didn't even get into it, but I'm sure right. it's a lot. Because how the hell are you going to wash it? Yeah, no, you don't wash it. You, you hand wash it, you scrub it with a little wet towel, maybe a wet Tide nap. stick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, dude, you can change your number, change the name on the back. That is absolutely legit, legit, and I love it, dude. NBA, jerseys of the future, football, baseball, hockey, everybody is going to follow that. And... Man, we're all going to spend a little more at first, but we're never going to have to buy jerseys again, and I'm super stoked about that. Um, And lastly, I'll let you really chime in on this, but, dude, Super Mario Brothers, original Super Mario Brothers, breaks the world record for a video game sold 
And an original copy of Super Mario Bros. sold for 100 Gs, sealed in box at auction. Wow, dude. Yeah. And that just, like, gets back into what we already talked about, of you know, how our generation with the expendable money is kind of coming into its own. And, dude, somebody had an extra 100 Gs to have an original <laughs> copy of right. Mario, you know, in the box, sealed. Rated like a comic dude. and everything. Yep. Yeah, man. That's what like do you think you about said, spending 100 G's on Super Mario Brothers? <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just saying. Like I got a. I take out a second mortgage on my house. Exactly, dude. <laughs> I'd have a bunch of shit paid off, you know. But hey, all power to him if you got it. Flaunt it, I guess. Broke the world record, dude. Super Mario Brothers. Yep. Original in the box, sealed, graded, looking great. Obviously, the freshest version of Mario that is out there <laughs> yep. right now. And uh, it sold for 100 Gs at auction, dude. Video games is, uh, you know, that's more than on most people's cars. That's, you know, I got a race car in my driveway. <laughs> and then it's more, <laughs> worth more than two of them. So, yeah, bro. Yeah, uh, pretty legit. Congratulations to the dude who had the money to spend that kind of money. And, uh, <laughs> you know... It's just a big deal, a big for deal sure. in the gaming community and especially the retro gaming community. That's how far things have come for us. Yep. You know, I remember getting a Nintendo with a Super Mario Brothers in it, dude. You know, you remember that. Oh, yeah. You ha- Mario you and have- Duck Hunt together. Absolutely, dude. So it's pretty legit that gaming's come a long way. And these are the type of things that we remember getting as kids that are becoming hot, hot collectibles. So yep. search through your garages, search through your basements. You never know what you're going to find. What you saved when you were a kid could be worth, you know, half of your mortgage yeah, right? <laughs> right now, dude. Keep it in good condition, kids. <laughs> absolutely, man. I hope you kept the box. <laughs> dude, um, that's what I got for what's going down on this side of town. And let's get, you know, get it going to Mike's Man Town. I'm not really going retro. I'm going today, baby. I'm going to be talking about Crackdown 3. Ooh, super fresh. Yeah, I just got this game, and let me tell you, it's hard to put it down. So, I've been waiting about 10 years, as everyone has been, for a new Crackdown game. There was a lot of, uh, you know, halts and what have you. It took a little while for the game to come out, but let me tell you, it was worth the wait. If you enjoyed Crackdown 1... You're going to like Crackdown 3. Now, there's some positives and some negatives, but I'm just going to go over some of the things that I just think are super dope and awesome right now. So, first thing I really love, there's a rocket launcher called the Decimator. Now, what it does is you can target up to 32 different targets, or you can throw it on one enemy or two enemies and split up your 32 rounds, and boom, it shoots out 32 rockets. And you're just, like, raining down hell on people. Like, Dude, that's sick. It gets me going. It reminds me of, like, Streets of Rage when uh, you call in the police and they're shooting, oh, raining yeah. down the, yep. the Gatling gun with fire or something yep. like that. Cool, man. And there's even a jackhammer one that you shoot at one enemy and it rains down like that. But the 32 one, it, like, 
Ugh, it's like the game res to me on that aspect. Now, something that's really cool in this game that's not like the others, the first two, that is when you pick up a new gun or you get in a new car, you no longer have to bring it back to a supply point for it to save into your inventory. You pick it up, it clones it, you're good. Another thing that's in this game is your agent has different DNA. And the different DNA gives you different buffs on your either agility or driving or firearms, explosives, and strength. So like myself, I like to try to rank everything almost up all the way. And I love starting with the strength because I just love the meleeing hand-to-hand combat. So you pick the guy who has a plus 10 buff on strength and like a plus 5 on, on firearms and go at it. But then there's times when I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to jump around the city and grab those orbs. Bam. Look for the agent with the DNA buff that gives you a plus 10 agility. You're going to rank up that much quicker. Awesome. Uh, another cool gadget because um, it's like your grenade button, but they call it gadgets. My favorite one right now, it's called the duplicator. Anything you pick up over your head, with few exceptions, you hit the button like you're picking a grenade, and it's going to clone whatever you have over your head. Now, there's some items in this game like a barrel of toxic waste or a barrel of dynamite or just a, tra a, a transformer. When you throw the transformer, it gives out shock damage, so you obviously want to use that against the robots. So when you hold that ab anything above your head, you clone it. When you go to throw, boom, you got that transformer above your head. And you can throw three of them at a time. And the best part about it is they regenerate. So you don't have to go to a ammo point or a supply point. So you can use that in the game and pretty much have endless grenades if you're using these items in the right way. Ah, so it's very strategic and, you know, being able to like, oh, I'm heading towards this like, you know, special area where I'm going to need a lot of extra help and you can all of a sudden you're throwing toxic canisters and you got three exactly. extra ones ready to go because you cloned it perfectly. Yeah, and you'll always have three. So if you throw one 15 seconds later, you'll have three again. Awesome. So obviously if you're fighting the normal humans, you're going to want to throw toxic waste. But if you're fighting the humans that are wearing the hazmat suits the toxic waste doesn't bother them as much so you're going to want to throw the fire canister at them or you just got to be strategic you can clone a, a lawn chair if you want you can clone a rock like yeah, yeah cool anything you can you can't clone vehicles or the robots i tried to clone one of the robots and throw <laughs> it at another robot <laughs> it didn't work but it's tons of fun i played some co-op co-op has some uh, flaws right now it, it was really laggy and you can only have two players co-op where the other crackdowns, you could have four. Yeah. So I guess maybe they need a couple updates. But as far as going to solo mode, it's tons of fun, just like you remember it. Blowing a ton of crap up, jumping from building to building, racing cars, and shooting guns. Crackdown 3 is where it's at. Now, another thing real quick I want to talk about on Mike's Man Town, we actually reached out on Twitter and Facebook to the Smashers and asked, you know, what kind of topics you want us to talk about and what kind of wrestling matches you want us to talk about. And we got some feedback and y'all want to hear about some music. And for the first week that I'm going to talk, I'm going to start bringing the music into Mike's Man Town because quite honestly, when I am gaming, I am listening to tunes. 
Yeah, you you're know. you're known for that, dude. In the in the saga world of uh, Xbox gaming, it's true. Um, I don't know. care about dead silence. I don't care about uh, <laughs> no, awareness. Mike, I'm, I'm like, like, yo, Mike, did you hear that guy walking on the in the door next to you up the stairs? He's like, bro, I'm listening to Pantera. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm like, all That's, right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I crossfade it, so I hear the games, but like on Crackdown. Since that's what we're listening, uh, talking about, it's set to five percent. So I still hear the game sound effects, but like, quite honestly, the way I play Call of Duty, I'm not sitting there hoping I hear the dude come around the corner. I'm running around that bitch first and trying to shoot the guy. So I don't really listen. Like yeah. I'd rather be running around, like you said, listening to Domination while I'm shooting people. Yeah. So we were asked to talk about music and maybe some music that has influenced us. So I'm going to talk about an album. I don't know a lot of people know that it had such a big impact on me. It's kind of obscure in a way. And the album is Ozzy Osbourne's Live and Loud from 1993. So Old school, baby. Yeah, man. So back in the day, I don't know if you know, the kiddies out there might know about columbia record club where you could get like 10 cds for a dollar or whatever oh yeah dude i was a fan yeah so my parents you know they did their thing and we got to pick cds from time to time and i remember my dad got the ozzy osbourne live and loud i remember the cover because it was like an actual speaker with his face behind it i remember my aunt fighting with me over it because there were temporary tattoos in it so this was 1993 my dad got it but by the time I was like 11 or 12, I got it from my dad because he like just said I could take his CDs. So having an impact on me without really realizing it yet. Now, this album, Live and Loud, if you look at it now, it's Ozzy Osbourne's greatest hits, but live. Yeah. But this showed me the difference between a studio album and a live album. And for me... For the person I am now, the guitar player that I am now, it, like, opened the doors. So, like, little things, like, you've listened to Mr. Crowley or Crazy Train. And, like I said, without knowing it, I was listening to Zach Wilde. And the way he does his pinch harmonics or when he's playing Bark at the Moon, you know, you got the riff. He throws in the little trills and the mini solos in between. And even Ozzy, how he says things to the crowd like anytime i hear the intro to mr crowley i always say let me see your cigarette lighters like because (laughs) i just remember that and truth be told like even the guitar solo part those pinch harmonics at 11 years old when i was listening to it i was blown away and that's actually the way i play guitar and i've always wanted to play guitar once i started at 13, I was interested in those pinch harmonics and the trill solos. So it actually did have a big impact on me before I was even interested in playing the six string. So if you're a fan of heavy metal or a fan of live music, I definitely suggest you check out Ozzy Osbourne's Live and Loud. Like I said, greatest hits. There's some Black Sabbath songs on there. There's, like I said, his greatest hits. Yeah. Everything All but, aboard. Everything but Diary of a Madman. That song's not on there. Which is kind of weird. And over the mountain. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm really like dissecting him. Like, he was probably no sick of playing it at that point. Yeah, He's like, yeah, right? I'm done. But you got Goodbye to Romance. You got Suicide Solution. You got I Don't Know. You got Crazy Train. You got 
Bark at the Moon, You Got No More Tears, I could go on and on, but you get the idea. Great album, and it in turn made me want to play guitar the way the live feel. And as you know, I love going to concerts. That has a lot to do with it. So, yeah, man, that's what I'm jamming to while I'm playing Crackdown 3 right now in Mike's Man Town. Oh, yeah! All right, now it's time for some tabletop tips. Previously on X-Men. All right, Smashers, I got a quick tip for you this week. I'm not going to get too in-depth with it, but what I got to talk about is the 20 dice. The foundation of all tabletop role-playing games and tabletop games in general, even if you're just playing Magic the Gathering, your D20 is your dice counter. Now, if you are rolling a D20 in your tabletop game, you might notice from time to time, like, hey, why am I always rolling ones with my dice? Like, dude, it always rolls ones. I never roll a 20 for a crit hit. I'm, I'm constantly rolling ones. Well, what you can do to help check that out is actually check the weight on your dice. And what this is actually going to tell you is whether your dice that you're playing with is misweighted. Maybe you are rolling ones all the time because the weight of the plastic on your dice is bringing the one to the top. So how you can check your dice if you are rolling plastic D20s is to put it in a glass of water with a tablespoon of salt, drop the D20 in there, and it should roll around a little bit and pop to the top of the water on a number. Take it out, throw it back in, let it bounce around a little bit, pop back to the top, and where does it stop? If it's on the same number, you may have some concerns. Do it again a couple times here or there and see how many how random it really is that your dice is popping up to the same one, two, or three numbers even. Because you're rolling a D20, you got a 5% chance no matter what of getting a certain number. So if you are throwing it into the water and you're seeing the same two or three numbers over and over and over, you have a misweighted dice. And that's why, in fact, you're rolling ones all the time. It has nothing to do with your shitty luck or your <laughs> or your bad rolls. The flick of you, the wrist. <laughs> you, in fact, have a... Very, uh, you know, misweighted dice, and that's what you have to blame for it. So, you know, when you get a new set of dice, if you want to check out if your D20 is actually weighted randomly and properly, throw it in a glass of water with a spoonful of salt, give it a few spins here or there, and let it see, you know, and check the randomness of your actual dice. Now, that does work with your plastic dice like a Chessex brand which is the most popular brand that you're going to find in a game store or a comic book shop they make cool colors swirls sparkles basically anything you could ever want <laughs> to display your personality in a dice you're going to find something that you like in the brand of Chessex uh the other end of the spectrum is metal dice now, they make some really expensive metal dice that you can find in comic shops and online on eBay and Amazon, whatever. But they also make some cheaper ones. The brand that I use that I personally like and I've found good luck with is called Bescon. Uh, it's B-E-S-C-O-N. They're 
much more affordable than the dice you're going to find in a comic book shop, but they're still going to give you that heavy, solid metal dice feel and the situation with the randomness on a metal dice is almost going to be totally taken away because it's not injected molded like a plastic dice would be so if you're finding when you're playing your table games that you're constantly rolling ones or you're constantly you know rolling 20s maybe you shouldn't complain if that's the (laughs) case but Throw your dice in some water. Throw your dice in the water with some salt. See what the randomness is. And if all else fails, get yourself a pair of metal dice. And there's affordable ones. The best con brand out there on Amazon. You know, 15 bucks will get you a nice pair of metal dice. And you can totally eliminate that problem because you're going to eliminate the process of injection molding from the whole process. So that's what I got for you this week in Tabletop Tips, and Smashers keep on rolling. All right, Smashers, now we got a little segment for you that we like to call Off the Top. And for all you new Smashers out there, basically what that means is I'm going to ask all of you out there in podcast land, and more importantly, Mike himself, a question that he is going to have to answer off the top. You don't get time to think about your answer. You have to give it straight to me. The first thing that comes to your head, no questions asked. Answer it, you know, answer us on Twitter. Yeah, Yeah. honestly, give it to us off the top. So, Mike Moran, this week what I got for you is who do you think should go in the Hall of Fame this year? Tommy Dreamer. Oh, I like that one. Yep, I tweeted that uh, earlier in the week, honestly, because I was just, like, thinking. I like this time of year. Like, who should go in the Hall of Fame? It's a big question that we go back and forth with each other when we talk about, you know, wrestling this time of year. But now it's the announcements time of year, so, like, we're into it more. And Tommy Dreamer, definitely. Um, And the reason I was thinking of it, obviously, and it sucks because I think the ECW originals kind of have, like, a bad rep, and it's going to be harder for them to be in the Hall of Fame. But Tommy had a career in WWE – but more importantly, and I hope like whoever's making the decisions just looks, Tommy Dreamer's doing big things for wrestling. Absolutely. Like he may not be doing AEW type things as of right now, but he's doing House of Hardcore. He's giving people jobs. He's still training people. And when he was in WWE, yeah, he was on WWE CW and he was Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. And he was, but he was training people then too. And like I think that yeah. shit goes unnoticed. And I just think if you just take a step back and look, Tommy Dreamer is the man. I like that Tommy Dreamer still cruising the streets. You mm-hmm. know, he's showing videos of him, you know, riding the road with the young boys, you know, pissing in Snapple cups and, and, <laughs> yep. and, and just straight up living the life, dude. He is a pro wrestler, and yep. I love that answer. So my answer for who do I think should go in the Hall of Fame this year yeah. is conveniently another ECW original, and that's Taz. Oh, yeah. I think that Taz should be in the Hall of Fame. I think that he had a, a big run in WWE, mostly as a commentator, but legit, 
some of the biggest times in wrestling was when ECW was huge and Taz was on top for most of that time for me. Yeah. I know ECW had a good, you know, five-year-ish run. But for me, the time that I was really paying attention to ECW, Taz was the man. He was the human submission machine. He was the human suplex machine. He was the man, dude, straight up. Like, you didn't F with Tab. Taz, he didn't need any weapons. His hands were his weapons. It's awesome. And uh, if I could pick somebody straight off the top of who I think should go into the Hall of Fame in New York, no less, oh. for me it's Taz. So Smashers, think about that. Actually, don't think about it. Give it to us straight off the top. Who should go into the Hall of Fame this year? And as a side note, I actually was having this conversation with uh, Big John Faf, and he said Taz, too. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Because we were talking about the fact that ECW kind of has a bad rap, and it's going to be hard for them to get into the Hall of Fame. And we were talking about more of, like, who for ECW will be getting into the Hall of Fame, if anyone, because we know the Dudley Boys did. Yeah. And he said Taz, and I said Tommy Dreamer and RVD. I, th- I think all three but, of those guys will definitely be in the Hall of Fame at some point. Yep. But I think uh, the reasoning for my answer was yeah, man. this year, and this year it's in New York. So I think it should be Taz. And that works for my answer of Tommy Dreamer because he's Certainly a New York does. guy too. That's, <laughs> that's a, awesome, dude. I'm going to hit you with the two sweet on that Yes, one sir. Whew. Yep. Great. Uh, great off the top, brother. Absolutely, man. And now we're on the street. We're on the street. All right, let's get that word on the street. Dude, I got to tell you, I know that we went back and forth on, you know, things that we thought were going down in wrestling these days. And each and every week, the situation changes, especially this time of year. The road to WrestleMania, who's hot, who's not, what the word on the street is. And I got to tell you, for me, we talked about a little bit earlier, but... Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda Rousey are at the top of my list for what's going on right now, dude. All right, man. Bring it. I think that there's, they're the hottest you know, act in wrestling right now. That trio in general, most mm-hmm. you know, especially Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey actually having the strap. But Charlotte getting inserted into that mix. I know there's a lot of controversy that you know people want a one-on-one with... Rhonda and Becky and blah, blah, blah. Me, me. That's me too. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that would be great. I think any combination of those three as a main event of WrestleMania for a first women's main event at WrestleMania yep. would be killer, dude. So, I mean, right off the bat, I think that some combination of those three women as the main event of WrestleMania for the first time would be a sweet main event. And of you know, a first time ever type deal, especially when WPC Smash is going to WrestleMania, dude. I want to see records be broken. I want to see glass glass ceilings be yeah. shattered down, uh, brass rings being grabbed. Yep, pulled down into the center of the ring of WrestleMania inside yeah. MetLife Stadium. I'm gonna be part of it. We'll Abs- be part of it in the, Absolutely. In the books, brother. 
I think it's super cool, dude. We got Brock and Seth going for the strap at WrestleMania. We're getting the, you know, the mic work back and forth between Seth and Paul Heyman. I think that's super cool right now. And there's a lot of other things besides the two, you know, co-main events of WrestleMania. And uh, right now it's up for, like, a little bit of debate. You know, I think that Dean Ambrose is getting a lot of, uh, you know, Internet buzz where, you know, what did he ask for his release? Did he not? Some people did ask their, for their release, and we got a, a couple of those names today. Yeah. And that was um, TJP. Yep. Ty Dillinger, the perfect 10. Which surprised me. He kind of seemed like a WWE guy to me. Yeah. But, and uh, Kenta. Yeah. Big names, dude, that are looking to go elsewhere in the wrestling world. AEW, uh, you know, a promotion that hasn't even done anything in wrestling except for the the one time, quote unquote, right. all in pay per view, which has turned into double or nothing. It seems like people are jumping out to get into AD, AEW, and they're jumping out now, right for WrestleMania. Absolutely. I mean, why wouldn't you? Double or nothing sold out in six minutes. Just saying. They yep. thought it wouldn't. Uh, some of the naysayers were saying, well, this place in Vegas is a lot bigger, but. Sure. You know, now. Speaking of the people, uh, you know, asking for releases and being granted their releases, I got a mini little off the top for you right here. What woman do you think may leave in WWE? Like, just pick a woman superstar that you think may make that jump. Mickey James. You think so? Yeah. All right. Who? Who? Besides, uh, you know. In my opinion, I, I don't even want to talk about anybody else. I think Mickey James could jump to AEW and be their women's champion tomorrow. All right. She has legitimacy, um, history, yep. everything you would want uh, in a new champion of a new company. But she's not so um, over, mm-hmm. per se, like in WWE that it would hurt WWE for her to lose. But she could go to WWE and be uh, AEW and be a big deal. So, Mickey that's, James for me. Who are you thinking? I was thinking Dana Brooke. Oh, that's a good one, too. I just think she's underutilized. Absolutely. I think she has a lot to offer. Yep. I think she. I think she's great. Me, too. And, yep. you know, she makes uh, chicken salad out of chicken shit, pretty much. Like, Every time she's on worldwide. TV. Oh, you want me to be a mathematician? I like the fact that she, when they broke that group up, she was like, dude, I'm here. Yep. And I'm here to throw down. So Dana Brooks, my answer for that. That was a great choice, man. So, I mean, back to the yeah, Dean man. Ambrose controversy. Yep. I think we're going to see Dean Ambrose versus Triple H at WrestleMania. And yep. I know that the last couple weeks haven't really led us in that direction. But that's something that I've had in my mind for the last few weeks, or basically since this Dean Ambrose um, news broke. And that they were really heading for Triple H versus Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania. What do you think about that? I think it's interesting, but I don't know if Triple H is going to be ready because he had that big surgery. Sure. Um, And I think him not wanting to re-sign is legitimate. And this is my theory because they dropped his his real name on the the website. Yep. But they're doing that a lot. They they even do it for Roman Reigns now, Mm -hmm. you know. Which, side note, he's going to be on Raw this week. Yeah, you're going to shoot names and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah so I don't know. You, you got a good point where it could be a work, it could be this, it could be that. I don't know. But How come the other guys that asked for the release got released today, but Dean Ambrose didn't? That seems weird. 
Well, because it said he agreed to work out his current contract, which sure. ends in in uh, April. Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean that's interesting. I just I see that match happening as long as Triple H is fully healed. Okay, I mean that makes he got sense. messed up. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. At totally. the Crown Jewel for a- sure. Absolutely, man. Um, talking about Red Hot and WWE, we can't talk about people being hot in WWE without talking about Kofi Kingston. Oh, for sure, dude. Kofi Kingston, like, bam, fire out of nowhere. It's about time, though. Yeah. Where did it come from? Dude, do you have any idea, dude? Because, like, he didn't do anything different than he'd always done in the last 10 years. He didn't do any new moves. He didn't show any extra fire. It was just all of a sudden everybody's behind Kofi Kingston. I think it's because they finally put him in a prominent spot. Sure. You know, like, yeah. And he proven... You put him in an Intercontinental title match, he's going to win the Intercontinental title. You put him in a U.S. title, tag team title, he delivers no he's matter over. what. Yeah. But you put now you finally put him in a main event spot, and he's going to do what he normally does, but it works. Yep. He's a likable guy, you know, and he's crisp in the ring. He really is. I think he's super babyface. Like you just said, he's yeah. a likable guy. I think that that helps him extremely right now. He's really getting over because he's that legit fan favorite baby face that mm-hmm. we're kind of lacking in the WWE right now. Yep. He's, he's not a tweener. Right. You know, as a lot of people would say, he's straight up baby face. And he's a dude, when he comes out, he's going to put a smile on your face, too. True. You know? Do you think he has any chance of winning the world championship? Yeah. And I, hope so? he, and I hope he does. I think there's no way. No. There no was, way. <laughs> there was no way. I think there was no way, dude. I think uh, they have bigger plans for Daniel Bryan in that world championship. And Kobe cool. Kingston is throwing a curveball into the mix. Yeah. And they're changing booking on the fly because of it. Yeah. But I think that that doesn't change their plans for WrestleMania. And Oh, no. Not anytime soon. Okay. I'm not thinking anytime soon, but I think there is going to be a time for him. Yeah. And even if it's like the Christian treatment where he wins it at the pay-per-view and loses it on SmackDown the next sure. week yeah, to yeah. get the headlines and stuff. But definitely not going into WrestleMania, but like... It, but it's weird because yeah. if he doesn't face Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania right now, being the hottest baby face in the company, even if it's only for a few weeks, yeah, who does face Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania... Kevin Owens. Yeah. That's Legit. what I've been reading. That's, That's what I've been thinking about. Yep. And I would Legit. love to see that. To Baby face Kevin Owens versus heel Daniel Bryan. Yep. They like, got a lot of history. Like Kevin Owens just comes out and tells him to shut up. Yep. <laughs> That's all he really has to do. Like, shut up. I want to wrestle you. I'm, you know, whatever they need to do. But you know what would be hot speaking to Kofi? Like, and I'm just brainstorming right here on the spot. They could continue this momentum with Kofi. Because, you know, it's always better, in my opinion, to see the babyface chase for the title. Absolutely, yeah. So Kofi could win the money in the bank, and then, bam, they got, like, another year of this Kofi story, you know? That would be cool, man. That's a great point, dude. I love that idea, to be honest. So, yeah, I mean, I don't – I guess neither one of us think Kofi's going into WrestleMania and winning the title. No, no. But I think we're in the minority at this point that thinks that. I think – a lot of people are ready for Kofi Mania. Yeah, I think which is know, hot. He's he's fighting for the title at uh, Fastlane. Yep. 
My theory could happen just to give Daniel Bryan even more heat. Kofi wins it at Fastlane. Daniel Bryan complains his way into a rematch because, you know, you're not guaranteed your rematch anymore. Sure. And then even on an episode of SmackDown, he, like, cheaply gets the title back in a dirty way. Yep. Or in a, in a uh, you know, normal way because he's going to say, see, I'm better. Yep. Like, that could happen. That would be awesome because, you know, I'm a fan of the title getting tossed around. Yeah. You know. So, it, it's interesting, and I'm so excited. The road to WrestleMania is always great. Dude. I think it's fun right now, man. Exactly like you said, we're on the road to WrestleMania, and there is nothing more exciting than that. Boston Hug Connection, the new women's tag team champions at yeah. the Elimination Chamber. Dude, I thought that match stole the show. What did you think? I thought it absolutely stole the show. I was totally wrong with my guess. Yeah. But, hey, it, I, I don't know. It, it was just... I like the execution. I like how they got, you know, Nia Jax out of the match with that spot. Yep. And then there was just a lot of cool, original, brutal spots. Like it was super good, dude. Yeah. Like they uh, they the, brought it. All those you it. know tag teams, all those women. They showed us stuff that we hadn't seen before, or at least didn't remember. Mm-hmm. You know, fresh in our heads from recent elimination chambers. I like to see. Girls going off the top, girls running through the pods, yeah. like you said, and um, man, I, getting swung into the cage. How um, Naya and Tamita were simultaneously doing it, like they looked at each other and were like, "Let's do this!" And yeah, battering ram, hanging upside down by the foot, and just getting stomped on. I thought Mandy Rose looked great. Yeah, I thought, everyone uh, played their part too. Yep. You know the iconics trying to get the quick, cheap wins, but like talking to each other, like. Like right, they were, cover her they were dialed her. in yeah. to be legitimate, but they were still like kind of that comical because it's like let's just eliminate people, like yep. pin them, don't don't shake your ass tonight, like yeah, just yeah, just yeah, get yeah, on yeah. them, like it was it was awesome. Everybody was playing their role. Absolutely. I thought that match stole the show. I was glad they put it on first. Yep. Um, and it really set the tone for the rest of the pay per view. Congratulations to the Boston Hug Connection. I not the people who I would want to win, but who I expected to win, obviously. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm happy to see women's tag team champions. I think we're going to see a lot of intermingling between NXT and you know the WWE yeah. as far as getting enough women into the mix to actually have a tag team division. So I think that's better for wrestling. It's better for everybody. It's better for the WWE. Happy to see women's tag team champions in the mix. And I like that during their Raw like ceremony promo, they welcomed all challengers, whether it's NXT or SmackDown or Raw. And I believe some superstars from NXT UK were putting their names in the mix on Twitter. And Bailey was like, bring it. We're, we're here to fight. And they're going to need to bring it because they need more girls, they, you know, to build a tag team division. Yeah. So I think it's cool the way everything's going with that, man. And I got to tell you, I'm super excited for the road to WrestleMania. And I'm excited for WPC Smash to witness WrestleMania. Oh. Yeah. The buzz Ooh. is real. Yeah. And speaking of the road to WrestleMania, pretty awesome news. The first announced inductees to the hall of fame this year degeneration x yeah dude 
I think I'm we all stoked. grew up with a little D-Generation X. Suck it, suck it. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, throwing the crotch chops all over the place, which are pretty synonymous. No matter where you go, people understand the crotch chop and what yep. it means. And DX brought that to pop culture. For sure. And I wanted to be in DX as a kid. And I just think it's so fitting that my first WrestleMania, D-Generation X, is getting inducted to the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. They're going to walk so, across that stage right in front of us. For sure, absolutely. And so Shawn Michaels going to have two rings. He's going to be just like his boy Ric Flair. Yeah. You got Triple H, you got Road Dog, you got Billy Gunn, you got X-Pac, and you got China. I'm glad they're finally acknowledging China for her contributions, you know, to the business. Absolutely. She deserves it. And I think everyone in this group deserves it some way, shape, or form. And something that really stuck out to me was uh, Shawn Waltman, X-Pac. Someone tweeted him like... Oh, aren't you pissed that you didn't get inducted as, you know, just yourself and you have to get inducted with a group? And I love his response was like, no, I'm honored to be inducted with the, the, my friends and these people who brought me the best years of my professional career. Why wouldn't you want that to be with your friends? That's super cool. Man. And that definitely is super cool. So if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. <laughs> Show the movie! And now, our feature presentation. Alright, we got an underdog movie for you this pod, and this week we had Mike's pick, Crank 2 High Voltage. Classic comedy action film of, what, early 2000s? Decently old, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great, dude. Crank 2 High Voltage. Mike Moran's gonna let you know why he picked this for his underdog movie of the pod. Alright, so... As you might know, I'm kind of an out there cat, and this movie is just that. It has action, it has gunfights, it has violence, it has nudity, it has swearing, it has funny dialogue, everything. <laughs> Amy Smart's boobies. Yes, sir. <laughs> everything that I'm pretty much looking for in a movie. So I'll give you the quick rundown. Yes, it's the sequel. At the end of the first Crank movie, Chev Chelios played by Jason Statham, falls out of a damn helicopter. This, this movie starts up, him opening his eyes. Long story short here, uh, so this movie, his heart gets taken out of him and replaced by an artificial heart that he later finds out has one hour of battery life in it, and the only way to recharge it is through electrical current. So he has to get shocked. He needs to use static electricity. Anything he needs to do to recharge his literal heart. So obviously, he's trying to find his heart in this movie. So he's going after Johnny Vang, who has his heart, if you will. But then he finds out, after killing Johnny Vang, his heart was actually transplanted into a guy named Poondong. <laughs> Poondong, who is played by David Carradine. Um, so now he's on the hunt to try to find his real heart, but then he gets mugged and, and pretty much kidnapped, and he's going to be pretty much assassinated in front of a guy who 
he technically killed in the first movie. Now, when I say he technically killed, they still have his head staying alive in in a, in a weird fashion in this fish tank so he can see Chev Chalios get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> so, long story short, there's a lot of action. What I like about it, it's off the wall crazy like vulgar language he's trying to pretty much stay alive the, the tactics he uses to stay alive at some points he's pretty much like you jump a car to jumper cables he's putting it on his tongue he gets a one of those you know dog bark shockers he takes it off a dog and puts it on his own neck and tells the owners to just push the damn button so he can get electrocuted he finds out that he can rub up against people so he, uh, you know, rubs up against Amy Smart in the <laughs> way you can think of in front of tons of people. Yeah, football um, stadium or something. Uh, the horse track. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> the horse yeah, track. Yeah. There's an awesome scene, in my opinion, when he's finally fighting Johnny Vang when he finds him. It turns into like this old school Godzilla and it's like a huge puppet Jason Statham with like a huge head and a huge <laughs> head. And they look like giants fighting on the on the smaller city and like he uppercuts him and the city smashes and he ends up hugging a transformer to get electrocuted again um so if you want to see a movie where you know a guy's pretty much doing some crazy tactics to keep his damn heart alive to go find his real heart with tons of gunfighting and tons of violence definitely check out this movie now doing my research for this movie and it kind of goes back to how uh, we were asked to kind of talk about music. You know, I knew there were some some uh, music acts in this movie. Chester Bennington from Linkin Park is actually in the horse race track. And Chev Chelios rubs up against him. And he's like, <laughs> what the hell, man? So you got Chester Bennington. And then how I spoke about the dog. The dog's two owners were Maynard James Keenan. From Tool, ah, yeah, and Danny Longer, who's the guitar player for Nine Inch Nails, oh. and not only that, the score and the music of the of the whole movie was produced and edited by Mike Patton of Faith No More. So this movie has like a pretty cool, deep like music roots to Hell it. Hell yeah, dude! Damn, I didn't know that. Hell yeah, that's awesome. So you know it's on Hulu right now, and if you want a good laugh and the kids are in bed and you, but you also <laughs> want to see some some badass fighting and violence, check out Crank Two High Voltage. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the main event! Smashers, now it's time to get to the meat and potatoes of the podcast. The f- best part of WPZ Smash, in my opinion, the main event. The main event of WPZ Smash, where we go over classic wrestling matches, matches that change wrestling history, matches that change wrestling for us purposely, you know, personally, or just matches that we love timeless 
moments in wrestling history, whether that's ECW, WWE, WCW. We've been all over the spectrum, and this week is no different. We have the Honky Tonk Man versus a mystery opponent for the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam 1988. Now, the Honky Tonk Man has held the title at this point for 454 days, which is unheard of in the modern era. Obviously, before this point, Guys like Bruno San Martino held the, you know, WWF title for much longer than 454 days. But in the semi-modern era. The golden era. Yeah, somebody holding the title for 454 days was unheard of. And Honky Tonk Man did exactly that. So to paint the picture, we have... SummerSlam 1988, the first SummerSlam, you know, and basically the Honky Tonk Man comes out because his challenger, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, was taken out the week before and can no longer compete at SummerSlam for the Intercontinental title. Yep. So Honky Tonk Man comes out with the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, And they make a challenge saying they'll take on anybody. That anybody can come challenge for the Intercontinental title. And the surprise mystery opponent appears running down the aisle. The ultimate warrior. Dude, I got to tell you, I was super young when this match happened. But I've seen it many, many times since then. Because of the significance in wrestling history, Superstar Billy Graham and Gorilla Monsoon on commentary were in Madison Square Garden in 1988, and the Honky Tonk Man walks in with 454 days of championship title reign under his (laughs) belt. And like you said, Heat, this is one of the most hated wrestlers in the WWF at this point and Honky Tonk Man comes out first they make the challenge and they are going to be defending against a mystery opponent For sure. and Honky Tonk's the super heel and everyone sells that they don't know who the mystery opponent is going to be Gorilla Monsoon and Billy Graham, yep. you know, they're going back and forth. Who's it going to be? That's exactly we don't what know. I was going to say. You know, he comes out there shake, rattle, and rolling, doing his thing because, you know, he's coming to your town in a mean Cadillac. And the fans hated to see him shaking his booty out there. But like you said, and I thought that was a very nice touch, one of the nice touches that might have gone unnoticed was Howard Finkel when he was like, and his opponent, and he looked at the camera like, I don't know. He shrugged his shoulders, you know, when he had his full head of hair going on. And they're yep. like, and Howard Frinkle doesn't even know so. And yep. there, there was a good, good, you know, time in between where everyone's just like shrugging their shoulders. They're all looking, seeing who's going to come down the aisle next. And that was the exact note that I had. Even Howard Finkel oh, doesn't know. Man, <laughs> who he, he, did, he did his job good right there. That's and, for sure. And only a true connoisseur of wrestling history would realize that. And that's why both Mike and Ian of WPC Smash picked up on that little tidbit. Yep. The garden the explodes 
when they hear the music of the ultimate warrior. Warrior does his patented sprint to the ring, <laughs> and he goes straight for the honky-tonk man. He doesn't do the baby face, you know, we're going to get ready, we're going to, you know, shake hands, none of that. He goes nope. straight for the honky-tonk man, and he starts throwing some huge ultimate warrior right hands. The referee rings the bell while Warrior lands a few of those rights. And right hook after right hook after right hook puts the Honky Tonk Man back on his heels. The crowd is going bananas, as Gorilla Monsoon would say. (laughs) And uh, at this point, there's no telling what could happen because the electricity in the air is absolutely blowing the roof off of the garden. The um, warrior body slams Honky and then stomps around the ring doing his, you know, warrior hulking up version, yep. I guess, as you could say. He's drawing the power from the uh, from the warriors out there. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. He's warrior- doing the fist pump elbow like he's almost like he's honking a truck, but you know, I know what <laughs> I know what he's doing, brother. You are all the smashes out there know what he's doing. Warrior shoots him off the ropes as he shoots himself off the ropes yeah. as Honky gets up and he drills Honky Tonk Man with a big shoulder block. Warrior plays to the crowd, which is not at all necessary because the roof has been blowing (laughs) off of the garden since the Warrior's music hit in the first place. Warrior drops Honky with a clothesline. Not the prettiest clothesline I've ever seen. (laughs) Not even close. But it was effective nonetheless. He is the ultimate warrior, as we all know. So one shitty clothesline will knock down a legit intercontinental champion. Um, the Warriors are uh, sucking air like crazy at this point. I notice he is blown up, dude. The Ultimate Warrior. If you listen to shoot videos and podcasts, you know that the Ultimate Warrior didn't have the biggest gas tank of all wrestlers. Now when you're sprinting down in the ring, like yeah, he's you're been from the start. He's been running his his body dry ever since he, you know, his music hit. Like you said. And uh, as Honky lays on the ground from the clothesline, Warrior hits the ropes and lands the patented big splash. Ultimate splash. Absolutely. Warrior goes for the cover and the ref counts. Bam. One, two, three. Dude, this match is over. (laughs) Honky Tonk, man. 454 days as champion. Gets beat by a few right hands, a clothesline, and a big splash. In a whopping 31 seconds. On 400 and whatever days you just said. The record that still hasn't even been beaten. 31 seconds by the Ultimate Warrior. Absolutely. But it's what the people needed, in my opinion. Is unbelievable. They wanted to make a big bang with this SummerSlam pay-per-view, and they absolutely did. They gave the crowd exactly what they wanted. Warrior must pose, (laughs) and he does exactly that. He hits the ropes. The crowd's electric. He poses on the turnbuckles with his new Intercontinental Championship, and bam, the main event is over. Unbelievable that a match that took only 31 seconds could have such an impact 
on wrestling in general because we all know where the Ultimate Warrior is going to go from here. And at some point, we will get to that in a main event somewhere down the road. But 31 seconds defeats 454 days of... (laughs) of Intercontinental Championship reign. The Ultimate Warrior is your new Intercontinental Champion. And the Honky Tonk Man looks like a man who could have been beaten many times before. (laughs) Absolutely. And like you said, it's a historic moment, not only for the beginning of the Rise of the Warrior, but for the fall of the Honky Tonk Man. Yep, for SummerSlam, for the Intercontinental Championship. This 31 seconds changed wrestling history, and that's why we had to make it part of the main event. We love going over history as part of the main event, and it's not always going to be a five-star Meltzer match. Sometimes (laughs) it's going to be a 30-second squash, and this is the perfect example for you smashes out there. We want you guys to watch this match. It ain't going to take long, and let us know where you were, what you remember, the first time that you saw this, how it impacted you, the time that Ultimate Warrior really took over the WWF, and it started right here at WPC Smash on the main event. Surrender to the power of the ultimate warrior! All right, and speaking of that, you know, we're always asking you to hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook, text us, whatever you need to do, and we know that you do out there so let me tell you this next time we hit your earwaves the main event is going to be one that was requested by a smasher by josh and we're going to go back to 1993 wrestlemania 9 the main event yokozuna versus brett the hitman Hart. oh a lovely twist to a wrestlemania main event and i am Super stoked to go over this main event for Josh. And I got to tell you, there's going to be a lot of nostalgia feels. Oh, absolutely. After this WrestleMania 9. And and truth be told, when I do my homework on this match, I'm not just going to be watching the main event. I'm just going to watch all WrestleMania 9. Because even though it may have, like you said, one of those Meltzer dud ratings, it's one of those WrestleManias that's near and dear to my heart. So I'm glad... You know, you Smashers have a voice. We listen. We're going to give you what you want. And we're going to hit that main event of WrestleMania 9. And with that bell, we're underway with this matchup. All right, Mike Moran, finally we have the Brain Buster, where I, Ian, tries to stump the Schwab of pro wrestling knowledge, and I got a Brain Buster here for you today. The Honky Tonk Man's reign of 454 days was the longest intercontinental reign of all time. Your Brain Buster is who had the shortest Intercontinental reign of all time. 
That would be Dean Douglas. Ah, it sure was. Do you know yeah. the time? I don't know the time, but it was the same night, I believe. I believe he lost it to Razor Ramon the same night that he won it. He did. That time was 13 minutes and 52 seconds. That was not part of the brain buster, though, and that is a kick out on one. You rolled the shoulder before I could even get the question out. <laughs> Dean Douglas, the shortest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. 13 minutes, 52 seconds. And just a little small note of brain buster relevancy Dean Douglas would later turn into Shane Douglas, who is also the longest reigning ECW champion of all time. So Shane Douglas holds two WWE world records, whatever you want to call it, as the shortest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time in 13 minutes and 52 seconds, as well as the longest reigning ECW Champion. And I do believe he was Shane Douglas in ECW, and then he went to WWE for that paycheck as Dean Douglas, and then marched his ass right back to ECW (laughs) and then stayed Shane Douglas once again. Absolutely. And he actually worked for WCW at one point, too. Yeah, dude. Shane Douglas got around, man. I love his work, and we're definitely going to see him somewhere in a main event. And if you don't get anything else, I think we should wrap this up and give the WPC Smashers a too sweet. Too, too sweet. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And all you got to do is tune in next week. Same Stone Cold time. Same Stone Cold Channel! You can find us on Twitter at WPC Smash. Or on our website, WPCSmash.wordpress.com, where you can find current and past episodes, a donation button, and links for iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, brother.